You're listening to highlights from One Planet Podcast's interview with Tamenta Hoven, founder and CEO of Roots Bikes. We already think of bicycles as being carbon neutral and friendly, but you with Roots Bikes take it to another level, this circular economy. Just tell us a little bit about the origins of your company and its mission and in your journey. Our company actually is based on something I came across during a, a previous career. I was working at a, as a strategy consultant for one of the, the big consulting firms, and uh, we did a project for a car manufacturer. And this was around uh, a process called remanufacturing. And this is 11, 12 years ago. The circular concept uh, didn't exist yet, but of course, sustainability was growing, you know, this awareness for sustainability. So what this manufacturer was doing, and and many others are actually, is is taking back their old products and taking them apart to the last bolt and nut. And uh, these products were uh, car engines, gearboxes, alternators, heavy big car parts, and then building up these products to a brand new state again. They would do machine, the individual parts. They had all of these processes, cleaning processes, and then they would assemble these parts to new quality again. Actually... As turned out, these parts were more reliable. So these engines were more reliable than the new engines, which were the same engines. And this just blew me away. This is a very, very green concept. Only about 20% of the energy is used to make a new energy materials are used to make a new remanufactured engine compared to a normal one. And the quality statistically is even, even better. So this really stick with me. And I, after the project, I always looked at other industries where we could apply that what would be a nice product and also a product where i felt it was necessary to bring this to the public to make people aware that this is just possible and actually preferable over over new we also advised this car manufacturer to put these remanufactured engines in new cars but of course this was they weren't going to do that this was too crazy of an idea you can't put a not new engine in a new car so this really led to debate, discussions about you know, what is new, right? What do we think is new? And this is, this is a psychology thing that we, I think, over the last 10 years have really played with within Roots. And we've really learned a lot. When do consumers see something as new or value it as, as new? So we, I had that concept in mind and I looked at the different industries and being from Amsterdam or not from Amsterdam, but living in Amsterdam, there's a particular problem. We have so many bikes that there are a lot of old bikes standing around, which need to be cleared out by the city because they are so low value that people don't bother. Maybe the lock is broken. They can't open anymore. They just get another bicycle somewhere else. Maybe they've moved and just left it. And these are called orphaned bikes. So bikes with yeah, we don't know who the owner is. And this is actually a, a waste problem. The city of Amsterdam processes 80,000 of these bikes every year. There's a, a really big place just outside of Amsterdam, which uh, I think it's like a two soccer fields. And there are like thousands of bikes standing there waiting to be processed because the, the owners can claim them back. And there's a, a stream of those bikes, which are just you know end of life, end of economic life. Nobody's going to repair them anymore. We thought, okay, we think we can focus on this waste stream and solve two problems in one blow. You know, solve the, the orphan bikes problem and not have them destroyed, which was now happening, but actually use the parts that we can use and build brand new bikes again and demonstrate, show what is possible with this waste stream. So that's where we started. We started with an, sort of an upcycling idea. Let's generate this bike waste into brand new bikes again, but not by, you know, recycling them, but by reusing reusable parts. And in that way, actually, we achieve between 30 to 40% 
circularity. We still do this. If you look at our website, you see our collection bikes, our designer bikes. Those are all made from old frames, old front forks, and other parts from old bikes from Amsterdam and other cities in the Netherlands. That is wonderful and quite a fascinating overview of your company and your journey. And I kind of want to ask, what are the cultural and historical backgrounds for the Netherlands that made it so bike-friendly? And what lessons can car-dependent countries like America learn from Amsterdam to promote sustainable transportation? Yeah, that's a good question. Culturally, the Netherlands, I think there's a large part of geography going on. So the Netherlands are very flat. So Netherlands is part of a delta, like a multi-river delta. So really 80% of the country is very flat and is very enabling for a simple bicycle, right? It takes not much effort to get somewhere. I think our government just caught on early to that. And since the 19, let's say when the big changes, and I'm not an expert on, on this field, but when the big changes in the infrastructure came to accommodate the car, mass adoption of the car between uh, like maybe started 1930 and then mass adoption was really in the 50s when, when in the 60s when you had the first traffic jams and all that, that kind of stuff. This is when cities were rearranged to accommodate the car. And also in the Netherlands went far too far in that, in, in, in retrospect, we all accommodated the car far too much. But the bicycle has always kept its place. So there have been separate bicycle lanes in these, in these city layouts. And this is really what has made it safe to drive in the Netherlands with a bicycle because you drive at your own speed. You don't drive between the cars. So it's made it safe and comfortable. People generally don't wear helmets cycling in the Netherlands, which a lot of other countries do, of course. But the bicycle has always been part of practical transport, where many other countries, the bicycle is a sports item, right? You go out on a Saturday and you do your, your exercise on the bike, or maybe you do cycle to work, but then you, you gear up, you suit up your sports gear, and when you get to your work, you take a shower and because the bicycle is sports. And in the Netherlands, it's been more a utility commuting tool um, where you don't cycle so fast. You don't need to. You just cycle maybe 10, 15 kilometers to work. That's already quite far. Most people don't cycle that far to work, actually, maybe only five. Also, our cities are relatively small. We only have a few big cities. So I think all of that has contributed to enabling that. At the same time, there are many people who drive the car to work. I mean, we have a traffic jams just like every other country. But within the cities, the bicycle has always done well and it's actually increasingly doing well. So we have, for example, in Amsterdam, we have almost like bike traffic jams. When you're at traffic lights, you really stand in line. You just don't make the traffic light because everybody has to start cycling. And one of the things I really like, a couple of years back, I, was, I lived at the edge of the center and our factory was in Amsterdam, in the northern part of Amsterdam. And I cycled there every day, busy street, called the Rosengracht in, in Amsterdam, it's in the center. But it was really this classical car lane. And then Amsterdam has, has had, in the 50s, I think, Amsterdam set up this star network between the 50s and 70s, the star network for cars to just buzz into the city, into the center. And this Rosengracht was part of that. So taxis were flying by at like 70 kilometers an hour. And there was a cycling path next to it. But I had a quite sporty bicycle, so I usually went a little faster than the other cyclists. So that meant you had to go in between the taxis and then back. And it was quite dangerous, certainly at night or when the rain is out, not so visible. But now recently, I think what Amsterdam and also other cities are doing very well is they are slowing down the car traffic. And this means that we're getting more of a common space where cyclists and cars mix. And right now, during the three, four years I made that trip every day, this changed. And it really changed how you cycle. Because there were too many cyclists on the cycling path. It's only two meters wide. People would just 
you know, the stream would become wider. But now it wasn't a problem anymore because the cars are only allowed to go 30. So they sort of, all of a sudden, these speeds they meet. And you, when you're a fast cyclist or when you drive a city e-bike, which is like a 25 kilometer an hour e-bike, you can certainly merge into that car traffic and, and be, in there in a, be in there safely. I think this is really the, the future of cities where you get this, all this asphalt, which has been, all these roads that have been put in there for the cars, where they get given back to the, the slower traffic again, and the cars and bikes, but also transport bikes, cargo bikes. My everyday, actually most of the days when I go to the factory, I first drop off my kids and I have a cargo bike for that, like a family cargo bike. And actually what we even do, people one street further down, they have kids who go to the same school. So I don't take two, I take four kids on this cargo bike, three in the front of the cargo bike, one in the back. And we are five people on one e-bike going to school. And that's just fantastic. Think of the CO2 saved of people who would otherwise go with two cars to bring those, those kids to school. You know, we were discussing a bit about like a social aspect, the product aspect of making bikes circular so they're not, they don't become orphaned. But there seems like there's so many other positive advantages to this because if you're bicycling and hopefully it's a part of a circular bike. You are also noticing your environment more. You're more part of the landscape. You're more, you're less isolated. There's all sorts of psychological effects. You're less isolated where you're in the car, maybe public transport, but you're shut out from other people. So it, I think that it also influences our other consumer decisions when you tend to think more selfishly when you're in that enclosed space of an automobile. And you can think about it having a lot of different repercussions in terms of our whole our consumer lives. And, and it's just how lovely, you know, I wish that everyone, all cities were more friendly to cycling, like Amsterdam, where a family can go with a cargo bike. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of us do I mean, I live in Paris, so we, as you say, we have these these new initiatives. But in America, particularly certain cities, they were really designed. They came to being around the automobile, and yep. so it's a little bit tougher for them. Oh, absolutely true. And I have examples of both things. Actually, I think people really the mind really shifts when you get into a car. I think two months back, I I was in a car going to a location, or a location in Delft and in Amsterdam, and I was cut off by a car. And I looked to the side, and it was quite just a driver. And it was my neighbor and we were like 40 kilometers from home, but it was just my neighbor who like turned into this road rage person all of a sudden. She's lovely, but now she turned into a road rage person. So it definitely changes your, your behavior. And another aspect of cycling is it's just, if you cycle every day, you surely, if you cycle five kilometers, you don't need an e-bike. You can do it on a normal bike and it's just really good for you. The rest of the day, you tend to sit behind a computer or many people do. It's lovely to do that. And I do a bit more sports than that, but not much. You cycle most of the days and it's just, just good exercise. So yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. And I think it has, as we say, social aspects. It can also have a political act, uh, aspects as you, it's noted for the cycling culture that as you pointed out, we have these bike sharing schemes. Already, it's socialist. It's about sharing. And I think that's what we definitely need to cultivate more in the political arena is this idea of not yours is yours and mine is mine and so competitive zero-sum game, whereas we can get further by sharing and being more collective. I agree. And I think we try to take it even one step further. Uh, so I, I love the bike sharing schemes. I always, when I'm in a foreign city, I always try the scheme, how, see how it works. But I think... As a collective, this is a really good thing, but I think as a collective, uh, our part 
our mission really is to prevent the next crisis. Currently, we have the, the CO2 crisis. We have a corona crisis, of course, of course as well. But currently, we're really in, in, in the, the CO2 crisis, in the climate crisis. And really hope we can battle that and, and, and be successful. And circularity, of course, contributes to that. You reduce, if you have a good circular product, you reduce your CO2 emissions. But I think the next crisis will be the materials crisis. And I think collectively, we have a responsibility to, in the way we deal with materials. And if I look at our circular projects, then um, the solution that we're now making, the com components of the solution are just as valid for this circular e-bike as that they could be for a uh, laundry machine. The whole point of moving from a zero-sum game, like who makes the best, cheapest product at the lowest price and can find loads labor somewhere around the world so someone can be happy with a new laundry machine and buy another one in five years uh, that's not going to work for us that's going to cause a next crisis i think a lot of the things we're doing right now a lot of the things aspects of this product will also be brought to the consumer so the consumer who will ride uh, this future bike will be made very much aware of his or her role in and responsibility in using these materials that you can now use so it will whether you lease the bike or have a subscription model or however you use it, we will make the user very aware of their responsibility in using it and to be also being made, to also make sure that this bike or these materials of this bike are being returned as best as they, as they, as they can and will also set up incentives for people to do it. So I think we have responsibility and there's a collective thinking, but there's also very much the way in that money makes the world go around and money certainly gives a strong direction to many people. So we'll also use incentives to make people use their product in a better way, in a more responsible way. I think that's a growing perception. I don't know if you're familiar with repair cafes that have been growing everywhere. I, I love it. I, I really grow up repairing, trying to repair everything. Up until recently, I also even did, main, I also own a car and I did the maintenance myself on this car, even though it's, it is really a seriously serious daily driver. I think it just gives your, it makes for a different relationship with materials, with the products around you. Um, and I think if we can bring that responsibility, but also that awareness back to people, because it's been there before, before mass consumption and buying more sneakers because you can, because you want to fill your wardrobe with it. There was, of course, a time where we tried to repair our own shoes or where we invested in good shoes and then brought them to be mended uh, when they were not. So I think we can try to bring that back in a, in a modern way and try to get people to contribute to this former way of valuing materials and, and products. And, and I think in that way, we can really reduce both CO2 problems, but also try to prevent the next crisis, which is around material shortage all around. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this program. If you would like to get involved in One Plan Podcast or learn more about environmental projects, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.